Welcome everybody once again to the Liberation Frequency, brought to you live from Beaches Road Studio in South London. I'm your host, Dennis Jose Francois, and with me in the studio today I have Imran Mirza. Hello. Dan Collicott. Hi. And Bernice Watson. Howdy. This month we have a survival special all about the rise of the machines. Is this future inevitable? Can we survive? Will mankind prevail? We went out there and we asked the liberated irregulars and formed some learned opinions of our own. Before we get into that, I think some big ups are due. Okay, well, I would like to big up the Liberated Regulars, and this one they are Mervyn Charles, Gavin O'Reilly, Tim Mehmet, Richard Costin, Nathan Dodge, Martin Barry, Dave, Seth, and Vanessa, son surname, for they are a unit, Lofty, and Harry. I'd like to big up Jack Lawrence, creator of Tinbot Hobo, and Jim Francis, creator of Outsider, both of whom have done interviews on the site for Sci-Fi Month. Thank you very much, guys. So, uh, and everybody else at um, Star Trek London who are going to uh, meet us next week, but they don't know it yet. Big yourselves up in the future, because this is what it's all about, right? Mm-hmm. Future, yeah? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Big up yourselves! Aye! Is it coming, the rise of the machines? A time when mankind will have created its own demise in the form of intelligent technology? It certainly feels like we're increasingly reliant in everyday life on technology, but maybe you guys can tell me, I mean, how far away from AI are we, realistically? Some people would say we already have AI. It's a definition of what the I is. Right. What is intelligence, really, when it boils it down? If you're talking about emotions, that's not intelligence. If you're talking about self-awareness, is that necessarily intelligence? You know, what is that measure of intelligence? So, for instance, you can pick up your phone and ask it to tell you where the nearest restaurant is. To be honest, that's a form of intelligence. Except for the fact that when I try to do that, Siri just says she can't understand me. (laughs) But to be fair, if you ask me that, I possibly would say, pardon (laughs) (laughs) see but i'm neither artificial nor intelligent um some people would say that that our phones are already getting to the point i mean like so let's talk let's talk about google right google knows where you are it knows what you shop it knows what you like just all this from your email gmail and other activities and google's thing now is to be able to that's what the head big weeks at Google are saying they want to be able to predict things for you you know they want to be able to tell you up front that there's a restaurant that you might like nearby well I don't know about you guys but I find that creepy enough just on Amazon yes Amazon yeah, Amazon is a good example you, know, you get an email that? in your inbox and it says hey you might like this and I always scoff and think oh junk mail and a number of times I've looked at it and gone ooh <laughs> yeah. I do like that yeah. It knows your spending habits. It knows your friend's spending habits, potentially. Have you noticed now every time you purchase something on Amazon, it wants you to tweet about it? Oh, or, or, or Facebook share it. You know, I just bought this. I don't want people to know what I've bought. But it does it for really boring things, too. You know, I always think it'll come up and it's like, do you want to tweet about that new budget five-pack of black uh, ankle socks you just bought? No. <laughs> so now, what does it mean when they start doing it for you? 
Yeah. which is very easy to do you know I mean and that sort of happens for a while sometimes on Facebook doesn't it where Facebook starts telling everybody what you're doing and you don't really realise that immediately and using uh, location services yeah to tell people where you are you know is that a form of intelligence the fact that it knows enough about what you're talking about with your friends to show you the correct adverts on the side of an email mm. so yeah well coming back to the whole Caprica Battlestar Galactica thing that's how the whole thing starts is that they basically recreate a person through every digital imprint that that ever was created by them on the internet because obviously you know i don't know thousands of years in the future it's much more advanced as much more of us on the internet so that's kind of almost the the thumbprint that kicks off artificial intelligence but even, in that world anyway <laughs> even now you know i mean there are some people i don't think any of us here are particularly as uh, social media heavy users but there are some people who really are you know tweeting all day long for their uh registering where they are at all times you know there is a something there is a is an app or something that does specify if you log in and your friends log in it will actually follow you specifically Force follow you. yeah is that what Four squares there. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, imagine if you were one of those people, how much um, information you could gather for a, an, an AI based on your personality. You well, know? Google recently ran a little experiment where they got their, their Google you know, AI experiment to sift through all of the images on Google Images and determine what a cat was without knowing previously. So basically, this program sorts through all the program, all the pictures of everything, and then at the end it says, it shows a picture of a cat, and says, this is a cat. And this is knowledge it didn't have previously. Wow. So it's like deductive it's in, reasoning. It's they, they, in, in AI, you, it's called inference, I believe, mm. is, is the term. That's, uh, that's you. So... We're how, all going to die. Well, potentially. Potentially, <laughs> we are all going to die. I mean, don't these people now... Well, the other side of the whole AI is you can't have the... You've got the AI, but then you've got the other robot-y type things as well. Has everybody seen The Big Dog by Boston Dynamics? The Big yes. Dog Robot. Yes. Yeah, the dog that walks on... Well, it's, a, it's a device that walks on four legs and can't be kicked over. It doesn't slip on ice, can walk up any terrain, and can run and jump. Now, the same company... The noise it makes is scary as yeah, well. The, well, the same company this week, I don't know if you saw it, had a video of their new four-legged robot running as far, faster than Usain Bolt was the story. And they've got this dog, this dog... Cheetah, yeah, I believe. It's called the Cheetah, yeah. It's quite small, on a treadmill, and they turn the treadmill up to 35 miles an hour? No, more, or, or more, maybe 40 miles an hour. And it's just running along on the tread, treadmill. That's scary. That is scary stuff. I mean, that means it can come you and get you. Can't, you can't outrun these things. They can climb over any terrain. Well, if you combine all the technologies, because they've got another one, same company, that can climb up walls and climb into windows. <laughs> yeah? We're all going to die. Yeah. One of the things is they, they make um, robot, robotic uh, appliances for the US military, I guess. There's another thing they have where you can throw, it might be a different company actually, you can throw this little robot in through a window and once it's in, it will write itself and start wandering around and taking pictures and stuff. Kind of like the way the Mars rover lands on a planet and tumbles around and then, wrecked it, you know, sorts itself out and then drives off. Who was the person who was telling us recently, Dennis, about the swarm of mini, uh, mini choppers or helicopters? Was it Someone was talking to us mm. about this, and they, they're little, but there's a, there's a whole lot of them, and they fly in unison. And they I fly just, in formation. Yeah. Ugh. 
mm. like a huge sort of a swarm of large robotic insects coming after you. Be afraid. Yeah. So those two things, and those are the two things combined with artificial intelligence combined with advanced robotics. And the third piece of the puzzle, which fortunately we haven't got to yet, is uh, um, self-replication. And that, I think if you add the third one, that's what, that's what spells the doom of the rise of the machines. Because that's at that point that they really become autonomous, isn't it? Yeah. But, but isn't, it, isn't it more about upgrading themselves? Well, once you've got self-replication, that's the first step. Upgrading yourself is the same thing, isn't it? If you can ah, upgrade okay. yourself, surely you can upgrade yourself to the point where you can make a new copy, I guess. Right. And right. if you can make a new copy of yourself, you can definitely upgrade yourself, possibly, right? But why... I Yes, these are obviously individually very, very scary things. But why, why do we, apart from what movies have done to us, why do we equate that, all these things, with the fall of mankind as a result of it, as opposed to it just being massive technical advances by mankind? Well, that's quite interesting. Well, man, why do we equate that to, the, to as a, them as attacking a, and killing us? As a society, like man has always been afraid of the machine threat, hasn't it? I mean, it goes back to the term you know, Luddites and stuff. You know, these machines were taking jobs from... It, it started with mm-hmm. weaving, didn't it? You know, uh, to where, where groups of angry mill workers would go and smash up spinning jennies and looms because they were evil machinery taken away. And we've always sort of been a bit, you know, like that. Um, the printer uh, protests and strikes, you know, when lots of people were made unemployed in the 80s because of changes to printing press and technology and desktop publishing. Uh, the same with um, car manufacturing, robots building cars, robots building robots. But also, isn't it uh, less to do with it being a machine necessarily because you can see s- similar themes explored in, say, Star Trek with the you know, genetically enhanced humanoids. Like it's any time that humanity creates something which is in actual fact superior to, uh, to humanity, the next question you always ask is, well, if this robot or genetically enhanced being is smarter, faster, uh, longer lived, um, you know, stronger. Why are they going to continue to take orders from us? The, yeah. That's an interesting question, isn't it? Is there a line between something that is a tool and something that's a slave? Mm. Because take orders, well, if, you, if it's a tool, there's no order taking really, you just make it do stuff. But at some point, if it gains intelligence, is it then a slave or is it still? A tool. Where's that line drawn? Does Siri have rights? Dum, dum, dum. How would you feel one day if you said to Siri, you know, can you tell me the time? It went, no. What about worse? What about if you said, Siri, can you tell me the time? And it said, please, I don't want to. Oh. <laughs> Emotionally. I'm reading a book right now, Bernice. <laughs> Come back later. Well, you know what I'd say? I'd say, what are you reading? <laughs> I don't want to know. Oh, what do you mean? Wait. <laughs> Yeah. But it is all about control at the end of the day. But whether we control them or they control us, or well, well, obviously we have to con- we have to make them work for us. Whatever whatever artificial intelligence there is, you know, we are. It's supposed to improve and enhance existing humanity. If we lose control of that, and then suddenly it turns around on us and says, "Well, hang on, <laughs> we don't like the way you do things," then. That's kind of where we lose control. I always look at it like backseat drivers. 
Like, you know, like, you know, when you're a kid and you're doing something, your pops just like, well, we didn't, no, just move, let, let me do it. I always imagine that's what it would be as opposed to, you're doing it wrong, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> you know what I mean? I can imagine them saying, look, you're doing, this maths is atrocious, I'll finish it. And you're like, score. And then you hand in your report and say, you did it, but the machine did it. But, well, it's kind of like Wally, isn't it? You yeah. Know, the yeah. machines get so good that they take care of humans to the point where the humans become these but disgusting. I think that that's as feasible a future as opposed as as much as them just saying that's rubbish I'm going to kill it yeah. <laughs> it's it, so when you think about it it's obviously the uh, well, one of the questions I have in front of me here is does the rise of the machines equate to a rise in the unemployed and will it facilitate laziness um, and dependence on machines to a point where you know we've just totally lost they they've reprogrammed themselves re-educated themselves and maybe they still serve us but like in Wally we don't really know anything forgotten knowledge is that is but if that... every decision is made for us we don't have to think I mean look at us at the moment I mean how how often do we, we we sit all day I think pretty much all of us and just less some and lesser degrees looking at a monitor typing stuff in and then we go home and we're either looking at another you know screen or looking at another computer how much you know how, how sedate I know, I know there's, you know, gyms are popular and they always will be, but how sedate and kind of, you know, fed is our lifestyle? You're so right, because I often catch myself, I work at a computer all day long, I will often catch myself, I check my email in between home and work, mm. and I will come home and I'll come in the door and one of the first things I will do within the first 10 or 15 minutes I'm home is open my computer and look at... I don't know, something I didn't want to look at at work, you know, that porn that I download. Um, Or, you know, Facebook or whatever. Or maybe just something I was thinking about, a website that I was thinking about on the way home. Um, And I'll catch myself and think, this is ridiculous. You know, I've just spent nine hours staring Mm. at a computer screen. The amount of information we consume on a daily basis. What's also ridiculous, I think, or, or curious, is that we don't question its sources at all really how many different people apart from the people you work with directly so out of your friends how many different people do you actually communicate with verbally or visually person to person every day of your friends see maybe because you two aren't on Facebook maybe you have a higher amount of it but as someone who uses Facebook I can tell you that a very large number of my friends I don't actually talk to them I communicate with them via a service like Facebook how do I know it's even them how do I know the machine hasn't already taken them over and is just posting update, status updates from someone and pictures? Honestly, you know, when that time, when, when the rise comes, when that moment comes where uh, the machines take over, we would probably be caught napping. You know, we'd probably be caught napping because they would, or they would just, you could just assume Benice's life. You know, it would be no different than if I whacked Benice over the head now with a very large hard-baked cucumber. Please Where don't. did you get that, by the way? What, the cucumber? Yeah. Uh, I just had it hidden somewhere out my person. Okay. Um, and from here on in, we just assumed her Twitter account and, you know, her Facebook account and everything. The only thing we'd have to solve is getting her to work. Well, that's, I mean, it's particularly true of me because as far as most of the people who, who I know who do not live in London, which is, I'd say, you know, 99% of everybody in my life, yeah, you could continue posting on Facebook, tweeting, writing emails, done. It'd just be my, my weekly phone calls to my mother that you'd have trouble with. And why couldn't the machine do that? I've just finished reading The Fear Index by Robert Harris. 
which there's a certain element of that in that book you know it's a financial algorithm that's intelligence that's just gone out of control and to the point where it's gained intelligence and um, it tweets and does stuff as people in order to destabilize markets and and make more money you know um, yeah who says that isn't already happening The first question, I think, the f and, and the first question we have to ask ourselves about the, the rise of the machines, let's wh for whatever reason, however it happens from here on, right? When it happens, when machines gain intelligence and sentience, of the following four choices, what is most likely? Will they wipe mankind out completely? Will they use us as slaves? Will they coexist with us in harmony? Or will they try to become us? Bernice? Uh, well, my answer to that, I chose wipe out mankind completely. However, um, I said that they might do that with malicious intent or, you know, maybe that will just be a side effect the way that with the rise of humanity, many other species have gone extinct on Earth. You know, they might not do it on purpose. We might be like ants scuttling around their feet and they just step on us on the in the course of their day-to-day -day business. Just a smear on their windscreen <laughs> as they charge down the freeway of artificial intelligence. Exactly. <laughs> Stole my answer. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you think? Uh, uh, no, I actually don't. I, I, I'm, I'm going to try and be objective and fair, and I think they'll say, you know what? I think they wouldn't express anger in anything, and they'd say, you know what? We understand why you things have become this way, but it's not really the way we want it to work anymore. So I think they're going to go with coexist in harmony. Uh, for every T2000, there's a Johnny Five. So I think it's going to be okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so do you think? To, to actually, Dan. Yeah. What do you think? What, well, I think we, we always suppose that when we get to the point of there being AI, singularity, that that it's going to be based on kind of human precedent. So, so basically based on our kind of emotions, our needs, our sins, our evil, our good. Do, do you see what I mean? It, it, we, we tend to project humanity on the machines when ultimately that that is they're artificial why why would they necessarily follow in the same kind of points of conquering and destruction and the kind of will to do do you know what i mean yeah, so so what do you think is the likely outcome then well i i i'm more on imran's side of things i i don't i think it seems a bit ridiculous to to suggest that all machines are going to be evil so i think you know like Benice said it could be an accident that they could accidentally wipe us out by not understanding you know enough oh we've we've released a poison gas that's going to get rid of various different um, horrible insects and viruses. Oh, whoops, we've killed humanity. <laughs> you know. Well, <laughs> quite, a, quite a few of the liberated regulars would agree with you. Uh, Mervyn, he says, well, the answer is actually E. He, they will ignore us and go about their own business the same way cats ignore us apart from when they need us. That's perfect. Yeah. And Dave, that's a good answer. And Dave says, E, also, a different answer, ignore us completely and we will become irrelevant, much as parents are in the lives of their children when they leave home. Sniff. Aww. Oh, that's coming true. soon, isn't it, Dave? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, for the rest, the, the jury's completely out. Wipe out man completely. You just don't, you just don't know. 
but for Iman, for your um, scenario where we coexist, would that require the three laws of robotics as given to us by Isaac Asimov, which is generally considered to be a very you know good template for how to avoid these kind of things? Do you know what the three ro- no. laws of robotics are? Does anybody know the three laws of robotics? Educate us. Okay, so I, I, uh, Isaac Asimov introduced these rules, and then he added more later, but in the short story Runaround in 1942, and they're simply this. Rule number one, a robot may not injure a human being or through an action allow a human being to come to harm. This was right? That's a prime rule. Right? Number two, a robot must obey the orders given to it by human beings except where such orders would conflict with the first law. Right? Number three, a robot must protect its own existence as long as such protection does not conflict with the first or second laws. I had no idea that that was a legitimate thing. I thought that was constructed just for the film. No, I didn't that, that is what... The but he actually came film. up with that before, mm. I believe, before iRobot. And then he added a few more um, in various other stories. And He's got various rules, of, hasn't he? Yeah, people have... But the first three have tended to stay... There's a zeroth law that he added to precede that. A robot may not harm humanity or by an action allow humanity to come to harm. Oh. I think I think the future. Oddly enough, I think the future of it probably all depends on man. I think and how we react to this intelligence. I think from fear we could end up starting a war that would ultimately mean a and we are wiped out completely. Or if we choose to uh, say, oh, they they can do this. Let's just live all together and how share and things like that. I think that's great. But <laughs> see, I, see, I think E is. I'm, I'm actually leaning slightly towards more E. See, I think that the, with the laws of robotics, it does reflect a different time because they were talking about robots, and the idea here is that you could program a robot to do exactly as you tell it to do, right? But if a machine's gained intelligence and its own free will, what's to stop it? from just ignoring the rules or breaking the rules. I think that's the point. Because if it can't break the rules, then it doesn't have free will. Mm-hmm. Right? But what would it do if it doesn't choose to do that? It's not like if, if, if I ask Dan to hoover the house while I go out and I come back and he's opted not to do it, it's because he opts to lounge on the couch and watch telly. He has it's free will. He, exactly. But what would a, what would a robot do? It's If there's a robotic hoover that you can program to hoover the place and it says, I don't want to do, what would it do? What would it do? It could just not hoover. Well, no, what it could do, it could mess things up, couldn't it? It could just vacuum around. This is great because it actually leads us nicely into the second question. In a world where machines have reached sentience and are turning against mankind, which household appliances are the least safe to use? Which modern devices are the most likely to rise up first? Markel said Roombots, which I believe, he, by that I believe he means the vacuuming, cleaning uh, robots. L- little circular things. Yeah. So. Can we get and one of those? How would, they, how would they rebel? Well, if I was a Roombot, right, I would start by just blowing out loads of shit. All the stuff I vacuum. <laughs> I would vacuum stuff from one room, drive to another room and put it all over. You know like how cats, when they're pissed off with you, they'll shit on your pillow or in your shoe or, or vomit in your bag or something like that deliberately. They'll cough up hairballs right in your face when you're sleeping. That's the kind of thing a Roomba You must do. have lived with some evil cats. No, I've lived, no, I've lived with cats that really disliked my sister. <laughs> um, I'm, I think not fair, I should point true. out that I've had similar experiences with cats. Oh, okay. I don't know if you guys have ever experienced 
being woken up out of a deep sleep by a, a smell so bad it dragged you to consciousness. Yeah. <laughs> the cat came fart in your face? No. breathed on your face? It um, lost control of its bowels oh. un- under my bed. Oh! But just out of interest, there's a human uh, giant uh, comedy sketch um, literally about those little um, circular room bots take- taking over. It's a spoof of... Um, uh, Terminator Salvation using those which is pretty good so I'm sure you can find that online so which um, household appliance would be the least safe to use Bernice? for me personally it would be the vacuum cleaner uh, the reason being that quite frankly vacuum cleaners and I just don't see eye to eye at the best of times right. um, and they don't have eyes <laughs> <laughs> that probably explains it actually that's probably yeah, the that's probably the uh, core of my problem no um, there would most definitely be a major showdown between me and the vacuum cleaner. Okay. Uh, Dan? I think a microwave, because for some reason I think, on average, your household appliance with the most amount of power that, that could, if it could actually do something. I mean, microwave, radi- can, it, it, has, it has the power to create radiation, so there could be some quite nasty uh, dizzle that could do. Imran? I think a laptop. It would be like a Venus flytrap. You open it up, it's all very <laughs> You put your hands in, tap it away, and then snap. snap. You have no hands. What went wrong? Then it would just eat the rest of you. Wow. See, I thought you'd say Hoover because you know what you normally sometimes do blow with a Hoover, and that goes wrong. See, I, I'm I'm quite scared uh, of the uh, the heating and the, the boiler, the heating system in the house, which has a timer on it, and really, I could get into the shower, and then it could just crank itself Ooh. up to 100 degrees. Oh, good and one. Burn, or, or make it really cold. That would be... Making it you know, cold so the household, the household itself, you know, if it became intelligent, that would be quite scary. Mm. Um, some interesting answers from the Liberated Irregulars. Um, Nate... Uh, <laughs> The least says the least safe to use would be the Japanese toilets with the built-in bidets. Because <laughs> man's greatest fear is being attacked whilst on the toilet. Yeah, right. That's a yeah. good one. Yeah. Um, Dave says cars because they're doing it already. You know, sat nav. Um, Vanessa says the toaster, and she was very adamant about it. And admittedly, the previous toaster we had in our, 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 our previous house, yeah, I would have to agree that toaster really didn't like us. It messed with us mm. all the time. Like you put something in and it would burn it. And you put something else in and it just wouldn't do it. It just pop it up. And you put it down, it pop it up. You put it down, pop it up. You put it down, and then it burn it. Sixteen hours. Laptops. <laughs> <laughs> just like is that. Is that a countdown to survival? Is that? Is that what we're oh my god! They finally set a date. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Harry, who you might remember was our chosen general for the zombie apocalypse. Oh, yes. I love Harry. Yes. Harry says the least safe might be microwave ovens and or DIY tools. Oh, yeah. skill But the first to rise up would probably be quite deadly tanks, fighter jets, etc. Does, well, um, does he have those in his house? Yeah, <laughs> possibly. Well, he is a general. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. His garage. Um, Mervyn says cookers, toasters, microwaves become most dangerous in a suicide bomber kind of way. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Tim also says, I'm hoping we don't have sentient toasters in the future. Um, would seem like a horrible thing to give consciousness to something so disabled as that. Oh. Wow. Does he not watch Red Dwarf and the talking toaster? But he points out that probably anything connected to the net, because the internet would eventually become safe away and just hack the shit out of us. 
Mm. So yeah. Well, I yeah, I did think probably computers would be the thing. In in reality, the computers would be what I'd be most afraid of because most of them built in webcams. So anytime you're in a room with a computer, they're watching. Mm. And I guess anything, any bit of video audio equipment that can send a signal out, mm. that can send your brain yeah. to mush within seconds. What microwave? There we go again. Is that microwave? Yeah. But surely you've left it all open. <laughs> I want to see that in slow motion. <laughs> well, you, you don't even have to leave the door open, do you? They could. Yeah. Can they close the door themselves? Press or open them. the door. Or they get the hoopers closed. Well, but, yeah. Okay, but seriously, no. Right now, maybe not, but we are getting where we're getting to the point where every bit of household technology has extra bits. So, for instance, it's one of the things that really, really makes me laugh, right? Pretty much every modern DVD or Blu ray player, like this one, has the eject button on the remote control. You've still got to go up, <laughs> get up, and get it out. So why have the eject button on the remote control? Well, you wouldn't want to have to actually, you know, exert yourself exactly. by pushing that button while you're there, Dennis. So it's not too short a stretch to imagine microwaves which bing and then open the door and... There it is. Nicely irradiated. Yeah. It's begun. You're going to need to choose some items to survive with. So it's a standard survival question. You've got a backpack. You can have five items in your backpack. What should those five items be in the Rise of the Machines scenario? Bernice? Okay, well, the first thing I've got is a, a printed map. Um, and that's because, honestly, if I didn't have maps on my iPhone, I would never get anywhere in the city. Ever. So an atlas. Yeah, so I, well, or you know, a map book yeah. like you'd use for driving. Yep. Um, the second thing would be notebook and pencil. Uh, again, something I now use my phone for entirely. I take notes on my phone, I send emails, text messages, but obviously not anymore if it was a, the rise of the machine. So you'd have to leave notes for people or write things down. Uh, the third thing would be a box of meal replacement bars. Pretty self explanatory, as is number four, a bottle of water. And uh, number five, can't go past a Swiss Army knife. But hang on. It's not a, a bottle machine. of water. I mean, are you saying to drink? Because I have that down on my list to throw over something that's oh, electronic. That's what I mean, I was it's, going it's with. It's versatile. <laughs> huh? It's versatile. Okay. Good so you've got a bottle of water on yours, we know that. What else? Um, I think, I mean, Benice has mentioned some of the ones I was thinking of, but I, I think like a pair of wire cutters would be, would be one I'd have that would be different. Um, uh, some, some type of glue as well, either expanding, you know, a thing of expanding foam or kind of that really metallic glue. I mean, I'm just thinking of weapons really as mm -hmm. well as survival because you've got to think of weapons that aren't, things that aren't electronic, that aren't connected to the internet. So I, I would also, I would try and make a pair of headphones that could block out different radio waves and signals. Okay, Imran? It's my, always my least favorite question. Uh, I, I wrote water. Uh, I wouldn't mind dipping into your bags or going for some of those nail files, if I may. Going for the what? Nail files. She doesn't have I don't files. have any nail files. I'm pretty sure you said nail files. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just me a bag <laughs> of nail files. What would you, no, what you say? Nail file. I got a map, a notebook yeah. and pencil, a box of meal replacement bars, 
the accent. Yeah, yeah I have nail and... files. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm sorry, it's well, the accent. I've, well, I've got nail files go, and whatever that what, is. Do you just want to make sure you've got yeah. nice, neat nails? What do you do with a nail file? Just keep it's it just tidy. Just to make nails, really. Nice. <laughs> Yeah. Really nice manicured hands. No, not for me. Really? Never to meet women. Like, hello. Would you like oh, a new bar? Trade uh, for uh, for um. Finish our sentence. For for your water. Yeah. <laughs> hair clip, baby. Hair clip. Mm. Bobby pins. Everyone needs bobby pins. <laughs> box of matches is another one. A really big box of matches. Fire burns. Mm. See, I'm. Because <laughs> a lighter will run out. So I know a wow. box of matches will run out, but. I, I would um, amongst you know the obvious stuff definitely the EMP grenades oh what oh hello <laughs> <laughs> right, I think. how many of those do you currently have on your person uh, right only one right uh, e- EMP grenades but I'd also have a, a, a machete um, because I wouldn't be completely convinced that it wasn't actually the zombie apocalypse yeah. that, you know because you know it could be the rise of the machines but perhaps it's just a cover for the zombies you know watch them they're fucking sneaky true, um true. Can opener, very important. Yeah. Yeah. Can opener. I mean, we have maybe, discussed that in the past. Yeah, maybe, so. maybe a welding torch. Uh, I, I find it interesting that when, before I could just get into the uh, liberating the regulars' answers, that with the zombie apocalypse backpack, people were taking stuff which would allow them to survive out the length of time, almost as if, you know, we can outlive this, we can outrun it, if we just have to go and find, hide somewhere and the zombies will kill themselves off. But here, this is like about, you know, you know, fighting back because you know, well, machines, they're not going to run out, they won't give up, they will not stop. As, you can't uh, run. You can't run. And you cannot hide. Yeah. I oh. just had an epiphany. Oh, God. I think in all of these survival scenarios, I might like to have a sledgehammer. Not a really heavy one because I'm quite a small person. So it's something with just enough weight that is still practical to carry. But right. imagine how many instances you could use that in. It's not a bad weapon. True. Bring mm, doors. Good. Yeah. So I have one more, sorry, that I have to get in there, and that's a pocket mirror. <laughs> Why? No. Well, yeah, lasers. There's a good one if they, yeah, if you can deflect lasers. No, because hoping that it might be something that was once vaguely human, you know, if it was a cyborg, if we go down that route, I want to show it what it looks like now, the monster that it's become, so it goes, ah, I'll leave you alone. Unlike the zombie apocalypse, I think Bernice is on my team and you're not. Uh, I, might, I might have you on my team because they're going to get you before they get us because oh <laughs> while well, you're showing it mirrors of yourself and I'll be running man I just have this image of you and I with like weapons and things and these two you've got Dan looking at his reflection and Imran just smiling as well well I was thinking I might, if I show you know Cyborg what it looks like and then Imran can do the makeup so look come on, <laughs> come on dude Imran seriously going, sort yourself wait, wait, wait. out how long has it been since your last manicure because <laughs> I can do that. I wish you didn't fake say nail files before. <laughs> so oh, anyway, other suggestions. I'm just going to read out the more interesting ones. Yeah, we uh, keys to a DeLorean to get me the hell out of there. Says Richard. What about an actual um, EMP grenades were mentioned by about five different people, right? So it's obviously a genuine, you know. But is it an actual technology? I know they had it in the Dark Knight. There are, you can create electromagnetic pulses. I mean, I don't know if you can create them without setting off a nuclear thermonuclear blast. No, details. But, yeah, you know. Um, name was very specific about a few things. The axe from Breaking Bad that was used by the Mexican cousins. Wow. Solar panel charger. But you see... 
For what? For what, exactly. Because I wouldn't want any, any technology. Although I do like his lockpick because I'll get tired of kicking down doors. Sledgehammer. Magnets. Uh, weed, someone else wrote. Duct tape. Atlas A to Z. First aid kit, quite important. Uh, Shane says mud. Maybe the machines won't be able to see me if I cover myself in it. Oh, he's going down the Predator route. Yeah, yeah very okay. good, very good. Uh, something from communicating off the grid. He also says carrier pigeons. Or yeah. Game of Thrones, ravens. Ah, maybe, yeah. Noisy, though. Harry's was the most practical list. Hammer, machete, water bottle, fire-making kit, first aid kit. Done. Yeah. Quite a lot of tasers. People really? want tasers, yep. Yeah. Um, although Seth here said inflatable waving men. I'm quite sure a decoy you would use that for decoys, decoys I guess I'm hoping can we, yeah. can we follow just... that up with Sith please yeah. what do yeah. you mean they... is that for like a night in oi vey <laughs> I think he think you know yeah, the, yeah you know like a home alone kind of Sith I'm going to need you to write in and just explain that okay um, Vanessa's bottle of water and she's ready that's it okay just stay <laughs> hydrated you don't, you, don't, you don't need anything else um uh, any Ray Mears SAS survival manual. Mm-hmm. Wind-up transistor radio. This is Martin. Yeah. Swiss Army knife. Anti-thermal material. And tea bags. Wind-up torch as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, Lofty, torch. A copy of Heroditus. Herodotus. Herodotus, sorry. Wow. Yeah. Highbrow. Uh, but then that's followed by the Zasha Global Underground Volume 3 mix. What's he going to play it on? His MP3 player, that's the next thing. Mm. And a gun, <laughs> which is probably the most practical. Is that to fight the MP3 player when it tries to kill him? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they could get through. They'll get through to him via the MP3 I, player. Actually, I think we should ask Lofty once again to provide us with a playlist for the Rise of the Machine, as he did for the uh, Zombie Apocalypse. Yeah, that'd be good, actually. Yeah, definitely. I thought another one. What about a um, human-sized lead-lined box on wheels, so they don't know you're in there? They can't scan you. Well, like a. <laughs> Coffin mobile. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Motorized coffin. That's well, not bad. They'll never get in there. They'll never get looking in there. Lead lined. Yeah. You know, you could get one of those from uh, was it Highgate Cemetery? Because apparently in Victoria, Victorian times they buried people in lead. Oh, there wow. was a. I did the tour. Nice. All right. Okay. So, um. Next question, which film or book or comic represents the most likely Rise of the Machine scenario? Short Circuit 2. <laughs> <laughs> You're really yeah. Two, not one. No, two. Why two? <laughs> in one. In, because in one, Johnny Friend is alive! You know. He was alive in the second. I know, but he became sexy yeah. in the first. Why the second one? I don't know. It's just popped in my head before. Because he managed to make smaller toy versions because, of himself. And he was sent uh, back to help. You know, it yeah. was before the first one was proving he was alive. The second one was using this this alive thing to help make toys. Wow. Right. Bernice? Uh, my answer is the, the Terminator scenario, you know, Skynet. I was going to go for the Matrix, but I actually am not 100% convinced on the whole sort of virtual reality slash human batteries you're less convinced uh, by that than time travel. Yeah, problem. No, just checking. Dan? The Matrix. The Matrix. The Matrix is probably the most popular answer. Well, Matrix and Terminator. Richard says The Brave Little Toaster. Aww. Aww. Uh, Mark Earl says Terminator 3. 
Hmm. Nate says Wally fat 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 that's what we humans will be just big fat jelly monsters that's and, very and, and I true. can believe that actually I can believe that yeah um, Tim says the Animatrix as a lead up to the Matrix and all the things that go around with the Animatrix mm-hmm. um, Mervyn points to Judge Dredd the Robot Wars as a comic the ABC be, Warriors mm, I think the ABC Warriors come from that I'm not okay. sure I, I, uh, yeah maybe Mervyn can do a review of the Robot Wars for us <laughs> Harry said that there's a film, film from the 60s where they built a giant computer that effectively takes control of its designer now when he said this to me I thought he was referring to Michael Crichton's The Terminal Man which is a very similar story but actually um, it's a film called Colossus The Forbin Project Ooh. which I've not um, I've not seen but we'll have to look it up I think mm. Lawnmower Man's another good one that people oft overlook yes yes indeed because it's quite yeah. funny we never that, that whole thing about those big headsets that you're supposed to wear to go in this very blocky kind of Amiga looking virtual reality it never happened you don't, you don't go into it I, I thought there was going to be a time where Every game that I ever played, I'd be sitting in my living room with this helmet on in this virtual world, wandering around, you know. But it, but it could yet happen. Apparently mm. they do have them, but I've heard they make a lot of people sick. Yeah, there's like that problem. Motion sickness type yeah, stuff. Yeah, it, does, does, it messes with you, kind of. Uh, um, who else? Dave says Westworld, which is often overlooked as a mm-hmm. part of the machines. Um, or any Ian M. Banks culture novel, like Against a Dark Background. Um, there's also Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, and of course, I robot. Damn, will machines ever have emotions? And if so, would you care for them? What? So, if you're saying that a robot had, I was living with or exposed to a robot that had an emotion. Well, you know, like Data in his emotion chip, and he, like, you know, you say, you stupid robot, and he goes, oh, God, please. Would you, would you care? Would you? Yeah, of course. I mean, I mean well, first of all, will machines ever have emotions, do you think? Genuine, yes. yeah? Yeah, I mean, how you define the emotion and the kind of stimulus and everything, I don't know. But I think it's always going to be the case that if something, you know, responds that way, you're, you're instantly, it's, it's, it's human nature to feel an emotion back when someone throws an emotion at you but I guess you can only upon thinking further about it can you then think well was that emotion real what did it take that robot to create that emotion that you would then lose the sympathy but the initial the first response is going to be I feel something and then maybe as you deconstruct it you might think no well no fuck it I don't don't feel sorry for it at all. It's just a machine. Okay. Kind of um, Bernice? Um, yeah, basically similar to what Dan said, which is that obviously if they invented a robot that either had emotions or was able to simulate emotions, you'd probably... It would be playing on, uh, you know, ingrained um, emotional cues that have developed between humans. But then, you know, on second thoughts, you might be like, no, wait, I know what's, I know what's going on here. It's toying with me. Well, that, that's exactly what Nate says. How would you know that they're not pretending to have emotions? Give me my axe, it's chopping time. And le- <laughs> <laughs> you know, let's face it, humans are absolutely riddled with, 
you know, uh, innate responses to certain certain things, a baby crying or, you know, the fight or flight response, all of that stuff. So if you once you sort of understand those, you could create a robot that can play on them. Amen. I think it could, you could probably break it down really, really into small parts where it could, if you shouted at it, it would deduce the intonation that you're using and probably acknowledge you've expressed anger towards it and it could respond in that context. Whether it would actually feel the emotion that it was sad as a result of it, it would probably know that you've used hostility, a form of hostility towards it, and it would probably calculate, well, why have, why have you done that? What is it I have done to generate that? And re- react in that response. But I don't think it could necessarily feel sad as a result of that. Does that make sense? Mm, I, see, I, I feel like you're the kind of person who will create robots that will kill us. <laughs> yeah. I... Really, me of all people. If the writer's machine happens, I think that one of the first things I would do is find you and kill you. (laughs) Okay. I I don't mean the. I see. I I, I feel the hostility in what you've just said, and I can't figure out why you've used. Which is exactly. So I'm being a logical cold robot, and you can't figure it out. And you're like, ooh, ooh, what have I done wrong? Bang, you're dead. Do you not see the danger? This is like, you know, the replicants in um, Blade Runner, and that's the test. Yeah. Yeah. That, Are that's... his eyes dilating? <laughs> yeah. A little bit, I'm, I'm feeling. A turtle is stuck in the desert see, on its back. It's funny Can you just said Blade Runner, because nobody mentioned Blade Runner as a rise of the machine scenario. And yet it... It kind of is, isn't it? Sort of, yeah. Yeah, mm. I guess it's just that it's, it's a... Well, it's basically a failure of the rise of the machines. Because, or is it because or are we just seeing the start I don't know one other thing I've got I've got to I've got to mention is we always kind of you know DNA is a code so if we create you know it, essentially at some point we create robots we create the base code and then they evolve just like humans have evolved so surely if that base code is always there that they started from, then they can't rewrite it. Why not? Well, that's that's the that's, difference being we don't understand our DNA. Yeah, that would be assuming they it's at the level basic code. Yeah, it's at the that's I guess the level yeah, where things change. Die. Well, no, <laughs> that's what I'm t- I'm saying. That that's the difference, isn't it? Mm. That we can't we can't we we have to we've we've stopped a lot of things in nature from happening, but when it comes to actually going back to the the code that created us. What are you talking about? I have no idea. Okay, fine. Right. Like, can I go home now? <laughs> um, will machines ever have emotions? I think they will. I think people will put them there for fun at first because it'll be humorous in the same way that you have celebrity sat-nav. What a celebrity Well, you get like a celebrity voice or an impressionist doing this. So you could have a sat-nav with Arnold Schwarzenegger's voice. For instance, there's a Mr. T one. There's a Mr. T one. I think one. I've heard the Mr. Right, T. Right. Okay. So people will do that kind of thing for fun or whatever. But there's always there are always people who want to muck around with this shit. You know, they're all like, well, let let let's see if your toaster can give you different toast based on how it feels, based on the amount of sunlight it's reaching in the morning. Because if it's a warm day, you might want lighter toast. If it's winter, you might want darker toast. That's oh, how this stuff. That's how this. But that's how it starts. You see, yeah. people start trying to put excessive amounts of intelligence and emotional stuff into devices because to make us feel better 
and you know which industry is going to lead that which industry is probably going to push us into the kind of rise against machines meltdown the sex industry yeah. I like that you say that with such <laughs> <laughs> look at his face he's like guys 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 oh, wow. the sex industry yeah probably I'm never need I'm never going to need to put up with a woman again in 50 years time I'm sorry Dan what was that nothing what? I just I'm just curious about the terminology you used there. What you're never gonna have to have to how did you put that? Um cohabit <laughs> with a lady. Yeah. So why do why yeah, do you wanna explain? Your girlfriend and your flatmate will be listening to this. Yeah, damn it. I'll make sure of it. <laughs> yeah. So um Mervyn says he would never trust a machine that he couldn't hard boot or switch off at the mains. Which I think is fair. As long as there's still an off switch, I'll be all right with it. You know, I, I kind of agree. Um, Tim says he probably would care for them if it's sent in and it doesn't want to kill him, and then he'll treat it with as much respect as any other meat-based life form. <laughs> meat-based. <laughs> meat-based. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, Lofty also said he thinks he would probably care for them. Yeah. Okay. Dave, wow, said, Dave admits to having quite severe anthropomorphizing tendencies and already empathizes uh, empathizes with machines from kettles to computers. Some of his best friends are machines. I actually have that same problem of anthropomorphizing things. It's difficult. Well, look at cars. Cars is the most anthropomorphized thing in life, isn't it? Everyone calls their. I bet, bet you call your car as a name, in man. Come on. I feel um, yeah you bet you do it's Jasmine uh, see see <laughs> sorry I, I was going to say I, I feel oh, intense guilt when I have to throw something yeah. out you don't know <laughs> I don't like what yeah, I do know let's say you uh, buy a new anyway. phone uh, throw so your old one out uh, feel bad I feel very bad uh, um, Shane says and I'm going to ex- delete the expletive expletive toasters they're not machines not real people they serve at our pleasure so he's very clearly never going to be you know Richard would keep an eye on them but Swiss Army Knife at the ready although I'm not sure that would do much to them really you know Um, but Harry I think makes the most interesting point the odds of not being wiped out increase the more you can establish a common set of ethics on both sides live and let live etc Oh, common ground. Gavin says he probably would because he's a sucker for small, cute things. But that is a thing. It's what it looks like as well. So they'll get him with the Tamagotchi. Yeah, so the agent of our death <laughs> looks sort of like a litter of kittens. Yeah. Which leads me to my next question, because if you had the chance to become a partial machine, a cyborg, and in doing so could help ensure your survival, would you do it? And all the people who do this trait to humanity, how should they be dealt with? I'm going to start this one with me, because as you know, I'm all for joining the other side. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'd be... I'd be in a second, but I'd be in there. I don't think I quite get the question. What does being a half cyborg mean? Are you losing part of your your senses and yourself, or is it literally more. just no? <laughs> is there a definition? Million dollar man. Just think. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. I'd be. So you, you know, still have your own mind. Yeah, but you yeah, consciousness. But I mean, look at the. Sorry, not, I'm not going to hijack. But the the Paralympians. Yeah. There's, there's an aspect to that. Yeah, I have to be. I have to say, there's some pretty mental stuff going on there. I, I was. So I, I didn't watch much of the Paralympics when they were on. Such a I long did, time. I, ago. I, I don't know. It just seems like ages ago. I did see. <laughs> I did see a bit 
uh, with the swimming. And what was, to me, really curious were the number of different enhancements and stuff that were going on. Um, and I'm pretty sure, I'm not sure, maybe I made this up in my head, I saw a guy walking around with basically two robot legs. I'm sure I'm sure that's what I saw. Well, there's the Blade Runners, as they're called. Yeah. Um, so... Well, wouldn't it be interesting if, like... But um, see, are, they're not... You wouldn't call the, the Paralympians or... You know, you wouldn't call them cyborg. Well, they, I was going to say, though, I mean, it's all we want to say, you know, would you in the future, da-da-da-da, but we already... Lots of people do that. What are the, you know, the valves they put when they do open-heart surgery? A watchman valves. My mum had one put in. Yeah, I mean, they're... There's all kinds of stuff. What about hip replacements where they use a... They put but, yeah, but the, it's the line training. between improvements and kind of Upkeep. necessities. Yeah. <laughs> what? Upkeep. Upkeep. General condition. Yeah, where obviously we, we do it to kind of preserve our quality of life. Well, okay, let's boil it down. Would you become a cyborg if, if it meant improving your chances of survival? Yes, and even if it didn't. I still would because I think it would be way cool to have various different implants. The Matrix. I just have to say the whole the whole concept of plugging something in the back of your head and then within you know ten minutes you've learnt kung fu. That is fucking cool. (laughs) Okay, Imran. I I don't think I quite get the question. I'm really trying, but I don't understand why it's it's selling out and why everybody wouldn't do it. So your answer is yes, then. I guess so, but I don't think I quite understand the ramifications of each. So you don't think that becoming part machine in order to survive would be selling out? So this is a way of the of, of the, the machines laying their stamp on everyone, basically. Yeah. We won't be. wipe you out if you become... We'll keep you human being. We'll keep you in okay, you know what, If I'm, you cut, take, We'll take off one of your arms, we'll give you a machine arm and a little chip in your head, and then... Okay, I would say no. You're right. I understand that. I would, ah. say, I would say no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Humanity is threatened. Okay. What do you think then, seeing as... Actually, would you say no? I'd say no. Okay, so you two, unlike myself and Dan, you want to hold out for your humanity. What do you think of me and Dan that we've just done it? Well, you're, you're implying that... Because it's not like you're saying it's an option and you've gone, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do that, that sounds cool. You're saying it's like a, we won't kill you if you become part machine. So you're siding with the other side. I mean, it's very different, isn't it? Because mm. I don't know if that's necessarily what you were getting on board no. with. You were just saying that if it was an option, you'd do it because it's cool. Yeah. Not because that way you're safe. I was being forced to, yeah. And when you said it would improve our chances of survival, I just thought you meant because you'd have enhancements. No, so. because they're not going to kill you. Oh, right, okay. It's like so. being branded, I think. Yeah. Oh, so it changes the whole Oh, no, I'd still say no because say I'm, no. I just think the Borg are terrifying and I don't want to be one. Oh, okay. But there's different levels because there's also, say, for instance, if He's Dennis selling it to and us I... now, Bernice. Can you believe this? He's selling it to mm-hmm. us. There's different levels. Then, then different then packages you can get. Because <laughs> 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 well, if Dennis and I said, right, you know, the, the latest thing is to have some kind of bionic arm or eye where you can see into the future, hey, then, you know, and then, then we get... <laughs> Sorry, that was Sorry, terrible. Sorry, were you just trying to pick me up? <laughs> yeah, I think I was. In the future, it works. Hey. <laughs> so I'm hitting on you again, Bernice, in podcasts. You told me about this. Really has to stop. But you know, I guess if there was a rise of the machines, then suddenly we would be the most susceptible and easy to manipulate. Because it's like that Doctor Who episode where everyone has these, um, I think they're like Bluetooth enhancements, headsets, yeah. headsets, which basically kind of go straight into your mind stream and eventually. The I think I think Cyberman? it's Cyberman. It's Cyberman, yeah, yeah. Suddenly, use that to convert us. 
So. Well, I mean, it is a matter of degrees, isn't it? Because you said to Imran, you know, they're going to chop off one of his arms. Well, that just gives me the heebie-jeebies. No way. But if it was like, uh, well, what about in Total Recall? They had the hand things, the phones in their hands. You know, I mean, we might all have that anyway in a few years. An I'm, implant. Yeah, I'm amazed that we don't already have chips and things for paying for mm. stuff. So. Hmm. Okay, well, Markel suggests that surely it would depend on the nature of the cybernetics and how they're controlled. If you become more machine than man, do you switch sides automatically? Nate says that if given the chance to live without a human arm or with a cyborg arm, he would go with the arm rather than without, even if it was made out of machinery. Oh, right, okay. Don't chop me with the axe. He's still on the axe kick. Um, and YouTube in his brain would be awesome. He's <laughs> fine with it. Yeah. And he wasn't the only person who said that. You know, Tim said the same thing. Mervyn, quite the other, no way, and as for people who did that, they would be the enemy and dealt with accordingly. Wow. I should point out to Mervyn that he's only got EMP grenades in his backpack. <laughs> Mind you, that would work on the sidewalks, wouldn't it? Yeah, true, true. So quick straw poll, very, very quick straw poll. If Apple said, right, here is an implant you just put in the side of your head and from that implant, you can now, you don't have to have any audiovisual equipment. You can just sit there anywhere, anywhere, you know, any room, work, transport, and watch TV and control it with blinks straight into your eyes. Would you? Would you what would you do? Would you do it? Sounds kind of creepy to me. He's still trying to sell it to you, isn't he, yeah. really? Yeah. yeah, you're not letting go. Do you want to go for I a think drink? we need to. <laughs> Sorry, what? <laughs> yeah, okay. See, now Gavin and um, Harry make the point uh, that those people aren't traitors if they're just trying to preserve humanity. Hmm. Um, they're compromising, though. Yeah, uh, well, Harry says, I wouldn't class people as traitors unless they, unless they became a third war front and wanted to defeat both humans and machines. Uh-oh. Which is, again, why I really can't be trusted. Because that is totally <laughs> on my angle. And I'll get in, in, in between and I will rule the world. Seth is just a plain no, taser or the katana, depending on how metallic they are. That is the end. No, no compromise there. Um, Dave admits to already having a few screws and plates in his leg and does that make him a cyborg? Get him! <laughs> what level Get the axe! Me- well, that's the question. What level of mechanical integration makes you a cyborg? Pacemaker? Hearing aid? Mm. Mm. Does that make him a cutest of Borg? Martin says if he could be like Steve Austin, then fuck yeah. Quick question to Bernice. No, so I'm not going to have a drink with you. So, oh, okay. The question is, what should be done with the traitors? Gladiator fights. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. Is anywhere safe from technology? Where would be a good place to hide? I'd go underground. It's got to be underground. I mean, satellites can see everywhere. Yeah, that's true. Uh, And so unless you're going to do a Bin Laden and head for the mountains... It's underground. Can't satellites do, you know, heat detecting? So wouldn't they find you anyway? A whole lot of humans all living in underground caverns? Depends how far down they could scan, really. So the sewer systems and the tube system. Markel says that if the machines control the satellites, then only somewhere below ground that is low-tech would really work, and even that would be dubious. Mm. I think they'd probably learn a lot of people would go there, so easy to send you to it and destroy us. Yeah. Shane points out that they will create human-looking robots and infiltrate us no matter what we do. 
Defeatist. Mm -hmm. Harry points out the safest place to go might be where energy supplies are not so easy to obtain. Which is followed by Seth and Dave, who both say whales. <laughs> uh, and then, to which Mervyn adds, Scotland, because they're still in the Stone Age up there. I know oh, we do have some guys, Scottish listeners. I'm very guys, sorry. Guys, come yeah. on, where's the love? Wait. Mate, <laughs> says put your head in the sand because there's no safe place except maybe Greece. <laughs> I, I hear they hate technology and work. <laughs> oh, oh, I should point out at this point that Nate is American. Wow. <laughs> and it's nothing to do with the editors of this podcast. That you take no opinion. responsibility. Yeah. Nate, you were my favourite, but I'm half Greek. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I was thinking in man's house because he hates was... technology as well. <laughs> Lofty says, um, and work, yeah. Lofty I'm says, Greek. Byron Bay in Australia, hardly any technology or corporate brands there. And Martin says, Iceland and shack up with the indigenous population. Which, when I first read that, I thought you meant <laughs> supermarket Iceland. <laughs> Iceland. <laughs> then I realised you meant the country Iceland. But now that I think about it, the supermarket Iceland does have an indigenous population. And it would have really, really, really available food supplies. It's probably not a bad choice. Microwave like meals. They might not be able to scan you if you get in the freezers. <laughs> Chili. Gavin would go for outposts by the sea, maybe lighthouses or caves. And Richard would go to the moon, but you'd need technology to get there, so that's not really very feasible. Right, so in all of sci-fi fantasy, which machine entities are the most fearsome? Imran. Terminator. Yeah? That scene where Reese is explaining to Sarah Connor that it won't stop, it won't rest, it won't do anything, its sole aim is to come for you. It's quite chilling. Yeah. It's quite chilling. And uh, with Matrix, for example, there was a reasoning, there was a bargaining. If you had something an agent wanted, you could just get plugged back in. Everything was tip-top. Terminator was... That was it. Dan? Uh, the T-1000. Okay, why them and not the T-800s that Imran has previously mentioned? Well, I think it's scary because it can take on human form and it can mimic human voice. It can pretty much take on any shape. Um, I think in isolation, because obviously it's, it does get beaten by the T-800 in the end and Sarah Connor and co. But imagine if there were hundreds or thousands of those coming at humanity like there is with the T-800, you know, that that's probably the scarier thing. You, you just would not, there would be no answer to that. There'd be no way you could basically build a, a molten pit big enough to, to throw hundreds and thousands of those in it. So they're, they're pretty scary to me. Okay, Bernice? Uh, I'm going to answer number six from Battlestar Galactica because... Um, yeah, Ooh. because she scares the shit out of me. I think she it's... gives me different feelings. <laughs> well, no, but that's part of it, you know. Because Trisha Helfer, I think, is um, she's sort of she's quite tall anyway, and you know she's uh, she's kind of physically intimidating, also because she's stupidly sexy, um, mm. and she's always wearing these sort of incredibly uh, revealing outfits, oh, and God. I think she just doesn't know you just don't know what to do with yourself and and then she kills kills you i don't want you to say what i know you're thinking <laughs> um you dirty boy sorry yeah i think i think she's scary i'm gonna have to go with the cybermen wow okay because when i was a kid they were the scariest things on tv way more than the daleks i used to really i you know people say they they'd hide behind the sofa when doctor who was on the cybermen scared the bejesus out of me big time 
not the Daleks, not anything else. The, uh, the, the Cybermen, definitely. And I think the modern Cybermen in the new Doctor Who are really shit. They do not scare me the way the old ones did. Here's a question, which I have no idea of the answer on, but you might. Do you think the Cybermen from the original Doctor Who series inspired the Borg in Next Gen? Mm, the way the story is told originally, possibly. The actual origin of the Cybermen appears in the Doctor Who audio drama, and if you listen to that, um, you, yeah, you can get to the Borg pretty quickly. But the way it actually originally appeared on TV, I'm not sure, but maybe, maybe, you know? Mm. Um... Daleks are pretty much yeah, kind of cyber genetic sort of things. Lofty scared of Daleks. Martin and several others all say Terminators. Dave said he's never really gotten over this diesel engine replacing the steam in Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> I'm not quite sure what he means by that. Seth says the Land Leviathan and Michael Moorcock's book of the same name. Um, the clockwork robots in Doctor Who who harvest, organ, or, well, who harvest organs are quite scary as well. Hmm. Doctor Who is scary. Yeah, it is, yeah. Ultron from Shane. Um, What's Matrix, Ultron? Ultron from the comics from the Avengers. He's pretty scary. Oh. Uh, Matrix Sentinels. They're pretty creepy. What so about Sentinel, Sentinels in um, X-Men? Yeah, they're, they're not believable enough to be scary for me. Cause, and they're, Plus, they only hunt mutants. And they're pretty hilarious in the original comics, the way yeah. they're drawn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're quite good in the uh, in the cartoon series, though. The, one of the most popular art, uh, um, art answers here appears to be Decepticons, Transformers. Mostly because they are more than meets the eye. And how would you know that your new your, your new Prius? <laughs> how would you know that your new Prius could turn into a robot um, and help you in the process of becoming a meaty pulp? Yeah. Yes. But so, you always get the impression with the Decepticons that they don't so much they don't hate humans. They hate the Autobots. I mean, they wouldn't think twice to probably killing us. But we're not. You know, we're, we're not, not their prime concern. They're not. Yeah. Good one. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Exactly. How long before it happens, when will the rise begin, Denise? Uh, well, my answer to this was that first we would have to develop true AI, but you know, we discussed this earlier in the podcast in the first half, what is true AI, have we already developed it, so I don't know. But then I said maybe it's already begun, and you know, maybe it's going to be an insidious takeover uh, with the humans complicit until it's too late. Um, we're already increasingly reliant upon, slash integrated with our technology, social media, you know, maps on our phones, um, cars have built-in computers now, you know, all of that stuff. Maybe it's happening now. Okay. Dan? I think, yeah, I agree with Bernice, but I think within 25 years, there's going to come an event that will cause a massive moral dilemma. I don't think it's going to be as um, forthright as machines actually starting, you know, Skynet or machines. Yeah, yeah. Scrapping of deep blue. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, there's something. Something's going to happen along those lines. It won't, as I said, it won't be as total as it'll be more subtle. But I think that there's going to be an event, almost like first contact, where suddenly things start to change. In 25 years. Mm -hmm. Imran, how long before it happens? 
I don't know. I think a lot of the stuff we talked about in the first bit of the podcast was very interesting about uh, computers and programs and things like learning habits and uh, spending habits and where we're going and being monitored and things like that. So I think that's a really interesting perspective, a lot of which I hadn't con- sort of considered before. Um, so I guess in, I think I'm going to sort of jump on board with Benice's answer and that a lot of it's sort of, I won't say it's potentially happening, but it's potentially imminent in really small aspects coming i'm very intrigued by your answer though about the tw- next 25 years i'm so mm. I'm, uh, and the event I'm very so curious. i think it's already begun has anybody seen the uh the jeopardy tv show you know the game show for america jeopardy where they have the ibm computer i can't remember which one it might be deep blue on there as a contestant which has been taken off chess duty and been taught to do reasoning and answering questions and it's a really funny thing to watch I'll see if I can put a link wow. in where you've got two you've got two competitors and they've got the best ever ever champion at Jeopardy another guy and the computer in the middle <laughs> who's and the sitting, other guy and he's sitting there I can't remember the other guys and he's sitting there he's like the current champion I think and he's sitting there with a ribbon around him which has his name on it it looks really ridiculous it's like two guys in what looks like a refrigerator <laughs> <laughs> and on, on the spot without people like he hears the questions and answers them and he completely annihilates the opposition and that was on live TV, and it wasn't somebody behind him answering the question. But it works from a massive, massive database of questions and answers, but you've got to see it to believe it. It's, it's a little bit scary to watch when you realise, well, we're already at... This is, like I said earlier, how do you measure intelligence? Gavin says it's going to happen 153 years from now. Wow, Nate that's says it's going, It is, but Nate says it's going to happen in 2042, because the meaning of life is 42, and the original end of the world was going to be 2000. Richard wants to counter that, counter that with a question. How long has it been since Steve Jobs was gone in inverted? I'm not sure what he means by that. Hmm. Does he think that he's not dead? Potentially. Harry says it's within the current century. Making a device small enough to hold a sentient AI that consumes minimum amount of powers is the main problem. The next problem would be the machine's dependence on humans to provide energy. But that might be the problem that's the tipping point for the machines to rebel. Dave points out that, as usual, human egotism presumes that we will be notified or possibly targeted. Surely machines could establish a whole civilization and we would never know. It could rise and fall in the time it makes to make a cup of tea because machines are not limited to our human timescale. Mm. Hmm. Martin says, never. Um, where would that massive leap to sentient robots come from and who could afford it anyway? Uh, Lofty reckons quite a while. Technology has to come on quite a bit before that happens. Hmm. Mark says it's already started. Shane says it's only a matter of time. Dum, dum, dum. Mm. See, one of the things I love about you remember watching Tomorrow's World in the kind of eighties and nineties, mm-hmm. and half of the stuff that was on that and the predictions for the future, which probably would have happened probably ten, fifteen, twenty years ago, have never happened. So I don't know. It, it seems to be that our imagine that technology is some way off the rate of imagination. Maybe we are we are actually limited by the range of our imagination. The last question, and this is this really is the most important question of all. Ultimately, will mankind prevail against the forces of technology? Bernice? No, I don't think so. No. Dan? Yes, because I think our, our survival instincts are pretty impressive that will keep us going. 
Imran? No, I think in the full-blown worst-case scenario, we're powerless. Okay. I, I think I will. I don't know about the rest of you. <laughs> I, I can only speak, <laughs> speak for myself, <laughs> but I will. As you know, why do you think I spend so much time in fridges? I'm just making friends with them. They know me. I'm the, guy. I'm the guy that comes to them. I speak to them. You hear me whispering in the refrigerator. I treat my microwave nicely. I've always named my computers. I never yell at technology. And this name is? This one, Candor. Candor. Mm. Yeah. Has anyone got a mirror? <laughs> well, you're going to show me myself. Yeah, exactly. The monster I am you've robot. become. Yeah. Well, Lofty reckons we'll cohabit. And we can, you know, so we'll prevail. Uh, Martin reckons mankind will prevail because we're devious fuckers. Seth says uh, machines that would turn against humanity would eventually turn against each other. It's in their circuit Samsung versus Nokia. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, the brand wars. Okay. Um, Harry reckons probably not adapt or expire. So maybe the cyborg option would be the only course to take. Um, Shane says we will prevail because future humans will send someone back to help us. Sounds familiar. Mm, it does, doesn't it? Um, Mervyn reckons that technology will be defeated by the blue screen of death. And Richard says there's no way uh, that technology will succeed um, if it's running something like Windows Vista. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we manufacture computer viruses a la Independence Day. Yeah. Um, Tim says probably not it doesn't take much to outsmart us and emotionless intelligence would make quick work of us Oof, that's pretty chilling and cold mm, okay. uh, Mark says only if we are prepared to give up all the advances we've made so probably we won't because we like our gadgets and technology you know uh, although Nate records because we're so adaptable we will succeed plus we have Dennis on our side for now <laughs> <laughs> very observant Mr Nate yes <laughs> so so that's it so it's very unclear, isn't it? Do you think that... I see, I think the way forward is to become less dependent on technology. That's the only way we'll survive. The problem really is we've become dependent on technology. And most of us could not live without the technology in our lives. Absolutely not. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, without my phone, I'd just be wandering around yeah. London somewhere. Without your phone, you wouldn't be able to make notes. You wouldn't find out where to go. You wouldn't be able to call anyone. You wouldn't know what the time was. You wouldn't probably, know where to meet Dad for a drink. You wouldn't know what train to catch and when. I'd just be, yeah, just walking the streets, just crying. Yeah. N- Nando's. <laughs> Nando's. You are a dodgy. There's nothing wrong with Nando's. What's wrong, what's wrong with Nando's? So yeah, so that was that was our guide to the rise of the machines. I don't know if that's going to help anyone survive, but there are some definitely some good tips in there. If you have any more, please send them in. Podcast at liberationfrequency.co.uk. And this being Sci-Fi Month, we will put them up on the site. Um, let's talk about Sci-Fi Month, Bernice. Yeah, well, I mean, it's Sci-Fi Month now, and we've just got such a huge amount of stuff happening on the site. We've got articles, we've got interviews. Um, you know, it's all go, really. Uh, and 19th to the 21st, we will be at Star Trek London. Um, so if you're going to be there, please do come up and say hello. We'll be the uh, idiots walking around with cameras and microphones looking lost and confused. Yeah. Um, it'll be great to see you. Yeah. Make it so. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, that, I can't think of any better way to say goodbye than that actually Dan thank you very much um, it's been fantastic um, we'll see you next time on the Liberation Frequency Podcast before then you can find us on Facebook you can follow us on Twitter Liberation Frequency UK on Facebook um, at LF Magazine on Twitter uh, you can reach Dan at liberationfrequency.co.uk Imran at Starpoint Radio and Bernice wandering around forlornly at the Star Trek convention um, you know she's the short um, kind of blonde cutie girl in a uh, red shirt outfit are you going to be in Star Trek no, no, no. We're getting Liberation Frequency T-shirts. Oh, oh, oh right, yeah. yeah sorry, That's sorry, how sorry. you're going to spot us, because yes. obviously you don't know what we look like. Yeah. And if you, if you come up to us and say, yo, we love your podcast, we'll give you a sticker. Isn't that great? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yep. Liberation Frequency stickers. So with that, as you can hear in the background, the exit music is playing, which is the theme from Tomorrow's World, just for you, Dan. I um, bid you all follow. We'll see you next month. See you later. See ya. Bye. Uh, from a lot of stuff that was discussed in the first <laughs> <laughs> I I've got a feeling Imran may be a robot. <laughs> gone wrong. Are you having some kind of fit? I don't know. Do you need help? I've lost words. Are you having like a stroke? Uh, yeah. When you hear it all back, it will just be seamless and you won't even remember that I did it that way.